Modern World History, Patterns of Interaction, Chapter 9, Section 2, Industrialization, Case Study, Manchester. Setting the Stage The Industrial Revolution affected every part of life in Great Britain, but proved to be a mixed blessing. Eventually, industrialization led to a better quality of life for most people, but the change to machine production initially caused human suffering. Rapid industrialization brought plentiful jobs, but it also caused unhealthy working conditions, air and water pollution, and the ills of child labor. It also led to rising class tensions, especially between the working class and the middle class. Industrialization changes life. The pace of industrialization accelerated rapidly in Britain. By the 1800s, people could earn higher wages in factories than on farms. With this money, more people could afford to heat their homes with coal from Wales and dine on Scottish beef. They wore better clothes too, woven on power looms in England's industrial cities. Cities swelled with waves of job seekers. Industrial cities rise. For centuries, most Europeans lived in rural areas. After 1800, the balance shifted towards cities. This shift was caused by the growth of the factory system, where the manufacturing of goods was concentrated in a central location. Between 1800 and 1850, the number of European cities boasting more than 100,000 inhabitants rose from 22 to 47. Most of Europe's urban areas at least doubled in population, some even quadrupled. This period was one of urbanization, city building, and the movement of people to cities. Factories developed in clusters because entrepreneurs built them near sources of energy, such as water and coal. Major new industrial centers sprung up in the coal-rich areas of southern Wales and the Clyde River Valley in Scotland, but the biggest of these centers developed in England. Britain's capital, London, was the country's most important city. It had a population of about 1 million people by 1800. During the 1800s, its population exploded, providing a vast labor pool and market for new industry. London became Europe's largest city, with twice as many people as its closest rival, Paris. Newer cities challenged London's industrial leadership. Birmingham and Sheffield became iron smelting centers. Leeds and Manchester dominated textile manufacturing. Along with the port of Liverpool, Manchester formed the center of Britain's bustling cotton industry. During the 1800s, Manchester experienced rapid growth from about 45,000 in 1760 to 300,000 by 1850. Living Conditions Because England's cities grew rapidly, they had no development plans, sanitary codes, or building codes. Moreover, they lacked adequate housing, education, and police protection for the people who poured in from the countryside to seek jobs. Most of the unpaved streets had no drains and garbage collected in heaps on them. Workers lived in dark, dirty cellars with whole families crowded into one bedroom. Sickness was widespread. Epidemics of the deadly disease cholera regularly swept through the slums of Great Britain's industrial cities. In 1842, a British government study showed the, uh, an average life expectancy to be 17 years for working class people in one large city, compared with 38 years in a nearby rural area. Elizabeth Gaskell's Mary Barton is a work of fiction, but it presents a startling, accurate portrayal of urban life experienced by many at the time. Gaskell provides a realistic description of the dank cellar dwelling of one family in a Manchester slum. Quote, You went down to one step, even from the foul area into the cellar in which a family of human beings lived. It was very dark inside. 
The window panes, many of them, were broken and stuffed with rags. The smell was so fetid as almost to knock two men down. They began to penetrate the thick darkness of the place and to see three or four little children rolling on the damp, naywit brick floor through which the stagnant, filthy moisture of the street oozed up. End quote. But not everyone in urban areas lived miserably. Well-to-do merchants and factory owners often build luxurious homes in the suburbs. Working conditions. To increase production, factory owners wanted to keep their machines running as many hours as possible. As a result, the average worker spent 14 hours a day at the job, six days a week. Work did not change with the seasons as it did on the farm. Instead, work remained the same week after week, year after year. Industry also posed new dangers for workers. Factories were seldom well-lit or clean. Machines injured workers. A boiler might explode, or a drive belt might catch an arm, and there was no government program to provide aid in case of injury. The most dangerous conditions of all were found in the coal mines. Frequent accidents, damp conditions, and the constant breathing of coal dust made the average miner's life span 10 years shorter than that of other workers. Many women and children were employed in the mining industry because they were the cheapest source of labor. Class tensions grow. Though poverty gripped Britain's working class, the Industrial Revolution created enormous amounts of wealth in the nation. Most of this new money belonged to factory owners, shippers, and merchants. These people were part of a growing middle class, a social class made up of skilled workers, professionals, business people, and wealthy farmers. The middle class. The new middle class transformed the social structure of Great Britain. In the past, landowners and aristocrats had occupied the top positions in British society. With most of the wealth, they welded the social and political power. Now some factory owners, merchants, and bankers grew wealthier than the landowners and aristocrats. Yet important social distinctions divided the two wealthy classes. Landowners looked down on those who had made their fortunes in the vulgar business world. Not until late in the 1800s were rich entrepreneurs considered the social equals of the lords of the countryside. Gradually, a larger middle class, neither rich nor poor, emerged. The upper middle class consisted of government employees, doctors, lawyers, managers of factories, miners, uh, mines and shops. The lower middle class included factory overseers and such skilled workers as toolmakers, mechanical drafters, and printers. These people enjoyed a comfortable standard of living. The working class. During the years 1800 to 1850, however, laborers or the working class saw little improvement in their living and working conditions. They watched their livelihoods disappear as machines replaced them. In frustration, some smashed the machines they thought were putting them out of work. One group uh, of such workers was called the Luddites. They were named after Ned Ludd. Ludd, probably a mythical English laborer, was said to have destroyed weaving machines around 1779. The Luddites attacked whole factories in northern England beginning in 1811, destroying labor-saving machines. Outside the factories, mobs of workers rioted, mainly because of poor living and working conditions. Positive Effects of the Industrial Revolution Despite the problems that followed industrialization, the Industrial Revolution had a number of positive effects. It created jobs for workers. It contributed to the wealth of the nation. It fostered technological progress and invention. It greatly increased the production of goods and raised the standard of living. Perhaps most important, it provided the hope of improvement in people's lives. The Industrial Revolution produced a number of other benefits as well. These included healthier diets, better housing, and cheaper mass-produced clothing. 
Because the Industrial Revolution created demand for engineers as well as clerical and professional workers, it expanded educational opportunities. The middle and upper classes prospered immediately from the Industrial Revolution. For the workers, it took longer, but their lives gradually improved, improved during the 1800s. Laborers eventually won higher wages, shorter hours, and better working conditions after they joined together to form labor unions. Long-term effects. The long-term effects of the Industrial Revolution are still evident. Most people today in industrialized countries can afford consumer goods that would have been considered luxuries 50 or 60 years ago. In addition, their living and working conditions are much improved over those of workers in the 19th century. Also, profits derived from industrialization produce tax revenues. These funds have allowed local, state, and federal governments to invest in urban improvements and raise the standard of living in most of most city dwellers. The economic successes of the Industrial Revolution and also the problems created by it were clearly evident to one of Britain's new industrial cities in the 1800s, Manchester. Case study Manchester, the mills of Manchester. Manchester's unique advantage made it a leading example of the new industrial city. This northern English town had ready access to water power. It also had available labor from the nearby countryside and an outlet to the sea at Liverpool. Quote, from this filthy sewer, pure gold flows, wrote Alexis de Tocqueville, the French writer, after he visited Manchester in 1835. Indeed, the industrial giant showed the best and worst of the Industrial Revolution. Manchester's rapid, unplanned growth made it an unhealthy place for the poor people who lived and worked there. But wealth flowed from its factories. It went first to the mill owners and the new middle class. Eventually, although not immediately, the working class saw their standard of living rise as well. Manchester's business owners took pride in mastering each detail of the manufacturing process. They worked many hours and risked their own money. For their efforts, they were rewarded with high profits. Many erected gracious homes on the outskirts of town. To provide the mill owners with high profits, workers labored under terrible conditions. Children as young as six joined their parents in the factories. There, for six days a week, they toiled from 6 a.m. to 7 or 8 p.m., with only a half an hour for lunch and an hour for dinner. To keep the children awake, mill supervisors beat them. Tiny hands repaired broken threads in Manchester spinning machines, replaced threads in the bobbins, or swept up cotton fluff. The dangerous machinery injured many children. The fluff filled their lungs and made them cough. Until the first Factory Act passed in 1819, the British government exerted little control over child labor in Manchester and other factory cities. The act restricted working age and hours. For years after the act passed, young children still did heavy, dangerous work in Manchester's factories. Putting so much industry into one place polluted the natural environment. The coal that powered factories and warmed houses blackened the air. Textile dyes and other waste poisoned Manchester's Earl River. An eyewitness observer wrote the following description of the river in 1862. Quote, Steam boilers discharge into their seething contents and drains and sewers their fetid impurities till at length it rolls on, here between tall dingy walls, there under principles of red sandstone, considerably less a river than a flood of liquid manure. End quote. Hugh Miller, Old Red Sandstone. Like other new industrial cities of the late 19th century, Manchester produced consumer goods that created wealth on a grand scale. 
yet it also stood as a reminder of the ills of rapid and unplanned industrialization. As you will learn in Section 3, the industrialization that began in Great Britain spread to the United States and to continental Europe in the 1800s.